0: The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the SMA Flash Briefings.
1: Hi, I'm Price Woldridge. As a rare neuromuscular disorder patient myself, I enjoy reading the Flash Briefings for Spinal Muscular Atrophy. Here's an article by Marta Figueiredo, Ph.D., NICE initially against adding Evrisdi to UK public health system. The initial position of England's National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, is to recommend against adding Roche's Avrisdi, or risdiplam to the list of medications available for spinal muscular atrophy patients through the country's National Health Service, or NHS. Lack of evidence of Avrisdi's efficiency in babies genetically diagnosed with SMA but not yet showing symptoms, and of its long-term benefits, as well as its high cost, were cited as the main concerns in NICE's draft guidance. Still, the NICE Appraisal Committee acknowledged the therapy's meaningful benefits in motor function of SMA patients, as well as its innovative, more convenient oral administration that also provides an alternative for people who cannot receive Spinraza's spinal cord injections. Patients, caregivers, healthcare professionals, and advocates now have the opportunity to comment on NICE's draft guidance. A consultation period will run until June 23rd. We are disappointed not to be able to recommend this innovative new treatment as an option for people with this devastating condition, particularly where there remains a high unmet clinical need. Mindert Boysen, Deputy Chief Executive and Director of NICE's Center for Health Technology Evaluation, said in a press release, The committee considered that there may be some benefits that have not been captured in Roche's economic model, such as improvements in respiratory function, fine motor skills, swallowing, and ability to communicate," Boyson said. Boyson added, quote, "...we will continue to work closely with the company to help them address the committee's concerns ahead of its next meeting." While expressing their disappointment, SMA groups across the UK emphasized that is not unusual for NICE to have certain questions at this stage. Indeed, many recall the long process of Spinraza's approval by NICE before being approved in 2019. The patient groups will now prepare their comments on the draft guidance, and they urge anyone interested in having a say to do the same. The consultation will be open for comments until Wednesday, June 23rd at 5 p.m. In a blog post, Robert Burley, Director of Campaigns, Care and Support at Muscular Dystrophy UK, which is an official consultee in the appraisal process, said that the nonprofit is extremely disappointed with NICE's announcement, especially because Evarizdi could be potentially life-changing for people living with SMA. Muscular Dystrophy UK will therefore continue campaigning with SMA UK to represent the experiences of those affected by NICE's announcement and strongly encourage as many people as possible to complete the consultation, Burley said. The patient groups also urge NICE, NHS England, and Roche to work together as quickly as possible to find a cost-effective solution that will see the initial recommendation overturned," Burley added. The appraisal committee will meet again on July 13 to consider the evidence, the consultation documents, and comments from consultees before making a final recommendation. NICE's initial recommendation comes a little more than two months after EvRISD was approved by the European Commission for patients two months and older. The EU approval covers individuals with a clinical diagnosis of SMA type 1, 2, or 3, or those carrying one to four copies of the SMN2 backup gene. The regulatory ruling itself came two weeks after AVRISD was approved in the UK for the same indication. Evrisdi will remain available in the UK for patients currently receiving treatment through funding arrangements already in place, including those with type 1 or 2 disease being treated under the established Early Access to Medicine Scheme, known as EAMS. New SMA patients currently can enter EAMS only if they were identified before May 20 and have been assessed. Additionally, their paperwork must be completed and submitted by July 1. Roche, Evrizdy's manufacturer, and one of its developers, plans to submit a similar marketing application to the Scottish Medicines Consortium. Nice recommendations usually are followed by health authorities in Northern Ireland and Wales. To date, Evrizdy has been approved in more than 35 countries, including Brazil, Canada, Chile, Georgia, Russia, South Korea and Ukraine. A small molecule, Evresde works by increasing the levels of SMN, a protein essential for motor neuron and muscle health whose production is impaired in people with SMA. Given as a flavored liquid, it is administered daily at home by mouth or feeding tube. Regulatory approvals were based on top-line data from the ongoing Phase 2/3. II, Firefish, and Sunfish trials, which are evaluating Evrisdi's safety and effectiveness in a total of 221 patients, 1 month to 25 years old, with SMA Types 1, 2, and 3. Results showed that Evrisdi was generally safe and led to significant improvements in survival, swallowing, breathing, and motor milestones in Type 1 infants, and in motor function in children and young adults with Type 2 and 3 disease. The therapy's clinical program also includes the global phase 2 Jewelfish and Rainbowfish trials. The fully enrolled Jewelfish study involves patients aged six months to 60 years who were treated previously with other SMA-targeting therapies. Rainbowfish is still recruiting presymptomatic newborns up to six weeks old with SMA. According to Roche, more than 3,000 patients have been treated with Evrysdi in clinical trials, compassionate use programs, and real-world settings. Coming up next, Perspectives from SMA News Today Forum's moderator, Deanne Runge.
0: Thanks for joining me. I'm Deanne Runge, SMA News Today content creator. I know the struggles of adjusting to a new wheelchair all too well. Almost eight months into my new chair, I'm still adjusting. That's why when I read Katie Napawacki's recent column, Embracing the Growing Pains of New Wheels, I could totally relate. From the hesitancy to start the process to finding ways to adjust once the transition happens, I went through it all. Here's her article. As a tiny tot, I crawled everywhere. I was the daintiest crouched explorer my backyard habitat had ever known. Once I crawled, my family soon beckoned me to begin walking. That's how this sequence of life works, after all. When we're given the breath of life, it comes with an air of expectation. Toy shop trinkets and soothing lullabies are potent distractions in the appraisal of good fortune that ensues once inaugural swaddling blankets have been tucked and bundled just right. A roster of milestones unfolds. Critical eyes begin to take inventory, signaling a customary sequence of organic development. The tallies added up, enumerating the perceived worth of the tiny body under scrutiny. It's not commonplace to deviate from the roster, and fervently discouraged to do so. We must cry, blink, focus, and react to sounds. We must suckle the nutrition and develop taste. We grasp objects, hold our head high, wiggle in delight, and sit unattended. We roll over, kick our heels, interact with kindred hearts, and crawl. We pull ourselves up on wobbly legs, gather composure, and take a stand. We place one foot ahead of the other, ready to greet the world on our front porch. We attempt the first step, and sometimes we collapse. My first power wheelchair was a dream of maneuverability for my kindergarten kid spirit. It had a lavender seat, gripping tires for the course paths of adventure, and a joystick that mimicked a compass, allowing me to pilot thermal winds of adaptability. It reinforced the notion that I was worthy of experiencing life no matter what physical condition my body was born into, even if it deviated from the societal norms. Prior to that point in my life, I relied on a manual wheelchair or the arms of a caregiver to transport me anywhere. Hearing the words wheelchair-bound may have set off a ring of devastation with my parents' ears, but for me, this newfound contraption of independence was a wondrous gift. There was a great big world out there. The bus to kindergarten was waiting for me, and there was no time to waste wishing I could walk instead of roll. Day after day since childhood, I've relied on a power wheelchair to enrich my scenery and impart a semblance of autonomy in my life. As my spirit lusts after freedom, these remarkable mobility devices help me explore the world and discover my authentic self in a way that fits my physical needs best. Recently, I've been adjusting to a brand new wheelchair. Well overdue, I've avoided initiating the process for several years due to painstaking measures of advocating for bright and shiny medical equipment. Insurance can be a two-faced friend, and I choose wisely when rolling up my sleeves to challenge it to a playground rumble at recess. As a result, a poorly fitted seating system grew to be a fervent contributor in the harrowing game of nerve pain I've been facing off against in my lower back, hips, and legs. With each new wheelchair that's graced my life, I've undergone major physical adjustments and emotional turbulence. At a certain age, we reach a point in which the faces of cycles and patterns become less blurry and more recognizable. Living with a disability, our self-awareness is often amplified. After my new chair was broadly fitted to me by a professional technician, I transferred back into my old standby Violet. For a few days, the newbie sat there like an orphan, awaiting her homeland. I'd drive past her with sideways glances while making excuses for why each day wasn't the right day to begin my journey with her. Humans have a knack for rejecting the unfamiliar. When required to detach from the comforts that are native to the lands of our hearts, our brains can mask pain, fooling us into infatuation with the old ways. My resistance to change manifested a crevasse when I needed a bridge. Since the fear of adjusting to my new wheelchair wasn't subsiding, I needed to push forward through this shakeup, still afraid. I turned to my own thoughts and people around me to facilitate a positive connection with my new chair. With time and patience, caregivers fine tuned newfounded sweet spots for my butt, headrest, and footplates. My dad modified furniture to better fitting height for my legs. I breathed through the difficult emotions, considering how grateful I am to be uplifted by various wheelchairs since childhood. I called my new chair Firefly, a suitable name as she's equipped with headlights, turn signals, and hazards. And I noticed the first Firefly of the season on the day we met. Even when we don't feel ready to reinvent ourselves through innovation and adaptation, we're often nudged into new directions. From kindergarten to adulthood, life is not always about growing, but outgrowing. Thanks for sharing, Katie. I always look forward to your perspective. That's all I have for you today. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk again soon. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.